I know you'll enjoy listening to one of the most popular interviews I had the pleasure of hosting as part of the Goddess Talk Sessions global event. Light a candle, kick your feet up, and prepare to be inspired by a woman who walks in beauty and speaks her truth. Today, it's my honor and pleasure to introduce you to Danielle Dulski. Danielle is a longtime activist for wild spirituality and the divine feminine's return. She is the author of Woman Most Wild, Liberating the Witch Within, and is on a mission to inspire women to be fearless creators of their sacred work. She holds the highest designations from Yoga Alliance as an experienced registered yoga teacher and Yoga Alliance continuing education provider. Danielle is the founder of the fully accredited Living Mandala Yoga Teacher Training Programs and believes in holistic healing for the sensual, creative, and spiritual self. Her work is grounded in holding space for women to harvest their inner priestess through personally relevant movement alchemy, intuitive artistic practice, and divine feminine spirituality. This goddess shines. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you, Shan. I'm very happy to be here. It's wonderful to have you here today. We were talking before the, our recording about how we've been sharing information, supporting each other, and, and just showing up now for quite some time without <laughs> even having a phone call and how, how wonderful technology can be uh, when we can connect that way. And I have read your book and enjoyed it very much and did a review for you at Transformation Goddess. And Yes, and, thank uh, you. Oh, you're welcome. It's a fantastic book. Before each, uh, before each interview, Danielle, I like to say a prayer, smudge, light a candle, and pull a goddess card for each one of my speakers. Mm. And today, Mary Magdalene came up for you. Oh, Uncondi interesting. Yes, unconditional love. Love yourself, others, every situation, no matter what the outward appearances may be. And when that card came up, I just kind of chuckled, like, of course this is the card that came up. <laughs> so so I'd, I'd love to get your feedback on what, what you think about Mary uh, coming forward today for you. You know, um, yeah, it's funny because Mary Magdalene's absolutely one of my uh, goddesses. I say that she lives in my living room um, along with a few others. So, you know, there, there's always those goddesses that you really resonate with. And then there's those goddesses that, you know, you recognize that they're amazing and that they embody the divine feminine, but they don't really feel yours. And um, Mary Magdalene, you know, I have entire conversations with her sometimes for hours at a time. <laughs> so I'm not surprised that she showed up because she's definitely one of my sisters. I know her. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> Let's begin our conversation today uh, talking about your journey of reclaiming your feminine voice and standing in your truth. Our listeners today are looking for ways that they can do the same and certainly can learn from your experience. Yeah, um, you know, finding your voice and using your voice is is kind of my um, a huge part of my sacred work is is helping women, um, you know, reclaim their right to speak and be heard. So not just speak, but also be heard. 
And for me, um, that's very much been bound to my spiritual journey. So I was raised very born again, Christian, very religious household, very disempowering, um, in a lot of different ways. So my school was born again, Christian. And then I went to church a few times a week throughout my childhood. So, you know, education and learning and all of that was bound to this idea of an external vengeful male deity. And so, you you know, and, and children also needing to be quiet. So like meant to be seen and not heard kind of thing. And, um, and, and seeing how girls in my class were treated differently than boys and, and being kind of hyper aware of that. And also the way, for instance, Mary Magdalene, but also Jezebel and um, Mother Mary and these different women in the Bible were presented as being very much inferior to their male counterparts. Um, so kind of being sensitive to that and kind of oddly sensitive to that, I think, for my age, because um, I was just very young. And then finally, you know, coming to yoga during my teenage years and and learning that divinity could be inside of me, you know, that was a totally new thing, recognizing that, you know, the divine in me honors the divine in you. And it was like, oh, that's kind of the, the missing piece. That's what I've been, you know, hoping for all of these years. And, you know, kind of weaving witchcraft into my yoga journey. And so witchcraft is very much about using your voice, but also claiming your spiritual agency and your right to affect your world. So, you know, all of these different kind of spiritually empowering practices really spoke to me just because of the level of disempowerment I experienced during my childhood. And so the work that I've been doing with women now for, um, you know, almost, well, 20 years, if, if you count it, yoga teaching is the beginning. Um, it's all about that. It's, it's about, you know, looking at your world and claiming your right to affect change in your world and claiming your right to speak and be heard, your right to act your right to be here on the earth and your right to feel as, as deeply and as meaningfully as possible and um, to really embody the feminine divine in, in whatever ways feel authentic to you. And during this journey for you, did, did you find that, did you hit some difficult points where you were struggling with your experience and the way that you're being raised versus what you were being shown and the, you know, the, the doorway that you ultimately stepped through? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think that it's kind of a common experience when women start to kind of find their, their way and claim their own spirituality rather than kind of conforming to an existing external system. There's still this resonating, you know, particularly women that come from very religious households, there's this resonating uh, barrier in their psyche that's telling them they still need somebody to give them permission, that's telling them they still need someone to tell them they're being a good girl. And so that was definitely my experience. Like when I, um, when I first came out of the broom closet and I started, you know, <laughs> telling everyone that I was a witch, I didn't 
really experience that many barriers in my family, which, you know, at that point they had realized that I was like the weirdo of the family anyway. So (laughs) I don't think that they were really trying to change me anymore. Um, But, but actually in the pagan community, when I, I I joined a coven because I thought that that was what I was supposed to do. And and I did all of the things that I thought I was supposed to do. And, and many of those ended up being incredibly disempowering. And, and those were unexpected barriers right because i was thinking this is a feminist spiritual practice how how come i feel so oppressed <laughs> now that i've i've sought this path of liberation um and you know i i think that that's a common experience just in in working with a lot of different women who share that they they fall into um they fall prey to to spiritual predators just because they're kind of looking for that permission or pat on the head or or whatever that that we were told we we should have as children well and especially when you make a choice that is so completely opposite of of how you were raised and how your family might be behaving and then okay you know now i have this person i can get validation over here yeah you know, and fit in over in, in in this place and so luckily for you you moved on you you saw that and experienced that and and then continued your journey mhm yeah right exactly you know and 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 i i'm a big um believer in in empowering women to to find their own spiritual practice and and to you know not look for validation because you don't need external validation you don't need um anybody else to tell you you're doing it right because all that matters is the way you feel right Um, and then and that you're doing it right yeah (laughs) right exactly I, i uh my personality is one that i really don't like to repeat the same exact things every day my devotion is never gone you know it's always there it's just how how am I going to be with that today what is that what is that going to look like today and for a long time I was trying to fit that in somewhere because I was brought up Catholic upbringing and -hmm. there's still parts of that upbringing that that I hold uh, important uh, Mm -hmm. for for a number of reasons and there's parts that I just absolutely do not Uh, Mm -hmm. and is I like to be in the place now where I can honor the experience, you know, honor and respect what I learned, where I came from, and how I want it to unravel and unfold today without anybody telling me how and without second-guessing myself that, oh, today this is going to look like this. Today, if I want to bless the waters with some holy mm-hmm. water, I'm going to do that. Or today, yeah. if I want, you know, what what am I going to do today? And it doesn't have to look like what Danielle does or what anyone else that I'm talking to does as long as it's um, feeding my soul. Right, exactly. You know, religions really arise out of social need and and spiritual practices arise out of individual need. So I think that there's beautiful ways to reconcile those two things, but but that one should never feel that should never seem to be more important than the other. And I think that even in 
feminist spiritual systems like witchcraft, there's there's that sense of like, oh, well, I didn't do the ritual that I was supposed to do on the full moon. So I'm just going to give up because clearly I'm not cut out to be a witch (laughs) or something (laughs) like that. And that it isn't that way. Like our spirituality cycles, just like everything else does inside of us. So of course, there's going to be times when you just don't feel like, um, you know, running to your altar or, or, you know, holding ceremony. So, so, you know, you know, it's, it's being into with what your individual spiritual needs are and and forgetting all of the supposed tos yeah yeah here here i'm right there with you so when you hear a person say or when you hear me say the phrase speak your truth mm-hmm. what how do you define that yeah um well i think that you know there's there's different ways to interpret what your truth is. And it is a phrase that I, I use a lot also. And, and, and usually what I mean is to, to really do some soul searching. And I know that that's a term that gets thrown around a lot, but soul searching in that you look at what makes you unique in terms of your passions, your wounds, your skills, your talents, your core values, you look at those things that really make you, you. And in particular, the question that I really like to ask is, you know, if if you can think of a time when you were really wounded, dark night of the soul wounded, and if there had been a person or circle of people that could have held you in the way you really needed to be held at that time, what would the qualities of that person or group of people have been? And The reason I ask that question is because that's who you are, Mm -hmm. right? So like the qualities of the person you needed when you were younger, when you were wounded, like that's who, who you, you become as you grow older. And so, you know, to look at those soulful qualities as your truth, like that's what you were born to do in this life. And I think that in a lot of ways, those are the patterns that kind of follow us throughout lifetimes. So, you know, those, those moments during childhood, when you really felt like you were the most you, you could be when you were fully present, when your body, your mind, and your spirit were all kind of yoked together and and engaged in the same action, that that's your truth, because that's what makes you unique. It's not necessarily the universe universal truth that we're all one, that we're all connected, which is absolutely true, but that's true for everybody. So, you know, the more important question is what is your unique truth? Because that's what you're here to live. That is so profound. When I think about going back to the wounding too, we want to, so many, uh, so many women and men uh, will push, stuff that down, push that away run from the wound, cover the wound, armor the wound, anything that they can not to, to, to look at it, to inspect it, to accept it, and, and then to love it and learn mm-hmm. and, and bring it forward. I, so I'm really grateful that you brought that forward. And there's nothing like sitting in circle with a group of woman, women to uncover that in a safe container, to be heard, to be witnessed, and to uh, really thrive in a place of where that wounding was and then to be able to release it with great honor and respect and and be able to show up and support others from that space from that experience yeah right absolutely based on your experience how do you think our listeners 
can best discover, embody, and amplify their voices? That's a good question. Well, I think that, um, you know, doing that, it, it's kind of like a strategic inventory almost of, of all of those things that I just said. So like, you know, really figuring out what your soul is here to stay, say is a good starting point. Um, because then when you speak, it's very authentic versus trying to kind of mirror what you think, you know, somebody wants to hear or, or, or kind of diluting your truth in order to be more accessible or something like that. So, so to kind of start from, you know, really defining what is your truth and what, what does it look like right now and what is the conversation that you want to have with the world right now in your work, in your art, Right. So whether that's, you know, writing or, or dancing or painting or, or performing or, or whatever it might be, you know, th that's your sacred work. Human beings are creative individuals and, and that's the inner mother. So the inner mother lives in everyone, regardless of gender. And the inner mother is very generative and creative. And she is also throat chakra. So, you know, you know, creativity and speaking your truth are very much inextricably bound to one another. And so, you know, first defining what's what's true at the roots, like really low kind of soul stuff, stuff that you, you may not have shared with other people when you were younger, qualities of yourself that you might have suppressed when you were younger in order to not be appear too loud or too wild or whatever. Um, so figuring out what those qualities are and then, you know, how do you communicate that to the world? What What is your sacred dance? What is your... Um, your creative outlet, your, your form of expression. Um, and I think that when, when those, um, acts are really linked to each other, it seems authentic and it almost seems easy. And I hesitate to use that word, but, but it, it seems easier than it would if you were speaking an inauthentic truth, a truth that wasn't yours, that belonged to somebody else's soul. And when you witness that transformation in women, when they discover it, it's just this aha moment mm -hmm. that is so powerful and beautiful and often emotional mm -hmm. when the discovery is it's been there all along what yeah. it's already within you and so by by listening mm -hmm. and moving through the the questions that you brought forward it's it's right there for you and and even if in the beginning it feels a little bit uncomfortable even though even though it does it's it's okay to keep moving forward. It's okay to keep sharing your truth. And mm -hmm. there was a, a quote by a, a woman who, who said something around about, you know, speak even though your voice shakes or your voice might shake. And I, mm -hmm. I don't remember who said, I think probably a number of women have said that. And, mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's the truth to just begin where you're at and, and, to, yeah. keep, and to keep practicing and to know that it, it's going to come easy for some and for others, not so much, but we're all in this mm -hmm. together, so just keep working at it. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes, too, you know, it's scary to do it, but then there's also this intense sense of guilt that comes afterwards because you said it's an aha moment. It is. It's like, you know, why 
why haven't I been doing this the whole time? Like all of these years that I've wasted. And sometimes, you know, the women that, that they'll be like in their sixties or seventies before they, they're like, Oh, this is what I'm here to say. Right. So there, there's this feeling of, of like wasted time or, or that they did it wrong or something like that. Um, and you know, I always tell women that you don't look at it that way because you're a completely different person right now than you were yesterday right so like the way you're going to speak your truth today of course it didn't look the way it would have looked yesterday so just don't you know don't let that sense of like guilt and even sometimes shame is involved for just not having um lived the way they believe they should have been living this whole time um but none of that should matter because the the past is in the past and you're a totally new person today You said the wild feminine demands to speak and be heard, and her words are tattooed on our very bones. Mm -hmm. Tell me your inspiration for this quote. Yeah, I mean, the the wild feminine is this holistic relationship between maiden, mother, and crown. And very often our society will emphasize the mother qualities, which are um, generative creativity and, and nurturing and, and also sp- speaking truth. So, you know, those are kind of the middle chakra qualities of the feminine. But when you were getting really into the wild feminine, then the maiden qualities of embodied knowing and emotional integrity and connection to nature and sensuality and all of that, then those then feed the the mother and feed the voice. And so do the crone qualities of intuition and wisdom and being able to see in the dark, like kind of primal hooded feminine upper chakras, ethereal. So when we, when the wild feminine claims that her right to speak and be heard, it's not just this, you know, nurturing kind of soft-breasted mother. It's also that fierce um, crone who likes to be, you know, engaged in complete stillness and and using her third eye to be able to see in the dark. And it's also the wild maiden who's content to kind of run around in the woods and just be present and sensual with herself. So it isn't just this kind of um, you know, middle, middle chakra in the belly sense of the feminine. The wild feminine is very much um, sensually awake and also incredibly intuitive. And so when we source our voice from, from those two things, as well as the middle chakras, from those two, two ends of the chakral spe- spectrum, um, our voice is that much more authentic. I'm just sitting here taking that in and, and <laughs> realizing, you know, I think about the number of women who, uh, and I'll just use myself as an example, of the, my maiden years, uh, the, the wild maiden that I was and for how long I carried a deep, deep bucket of shame for mm-hmm. some of my choices and behaviors. Mm-hmm. And then to have done my own work and continuing to do the work to be able to look at that now and maybe get flushed <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. maybe have a, a deep sense of respect for the wildness, for mm-hmm. the uh, being in that space of not judging or shaming or second guessing, not, you know, not always, certainly not always uh, coming from a place of responsible behavior as women you know we like to be responsible but Mm -hmm. in some cases from 
reckless places even some places from just, just this primal wild nature and thank goodness for it right thank goodness for it and thank goodness for women like you and others who do give permission and do remind these maidens who become mothers and crones that what however they chose to behave in that space and time is perfectly acceptable is exactly where they were supposed to be in that moment and in that time and does not need to be squelched or shamed or stomped on mhm right exactly you have a pretty awesome gift to share with our listeners today and it's called the woman most wild rising course introduction can you tell us about that yes so the woman most wild rising is the companion course to my book woman most wild so um if you if you go onto womanmostwild.com it automatically the the course comes up and it's a 12 lesson course about how to liberate the inner witch and the introduction and the first lesson actually are free for the goddess talk listeners and um it talks about like these three different keys to to liberating the inner witch wild rhythm which is paying attention to lunar and solar rhythms um and the way they affect you uniquely so uniquely to your soul and then also um wild ritual which is you know spell craft and magic um and the course is very much about teaching you how to create your own spells rather than giving you um you know kind of spoon feeding different spells that work for this and work for that so it's how to create your own spells and then finally the third key is wild circle and in the course it's very much about how to create a women's circle that will support you and your community. And such a valuable gift and sorely needed in my opinion. All mm. all of those all of those pieces that you've put together for us are so very valuable and I think more than ever before we need to invite women to circle up, invite women to make their own magic. And, you know, it really too yeah. and and so that you provide a a starting point and some support there is truly valuable on your speaker page we'll have a link to your gift as well as to your book so that any of our listeners today who haven't read woman most wild can easily access that and read read your fabulous book it's just so freaking good it's right by my bed i've already read it but it's right there with my other favorite book <laughs> right now by another friend of mine so i'm really lucky to be able to have read it and to spend this time with you today and before I turn you loose today, I'd love, mm -hmm. love, 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 love for you to share a truth-telling message with our listeners, whatever it is that you might like us all to sit with today and, mm. uh, and take in from, from your truth. Yeah. So I would encourage the listeners to um, go back into their childhoods. So whether it was a beautiful kind of child childhood in the woods with the cookies in the oven um, or whether it wasn't um, to go back into, say, all of the years up until adolescence and to maybe divide that time into a few different chapters and then take an inventory of the moments that they can recall when they really felt that they were the most them. 
So whenever you felt you were the most you, whether it was, um, you know, just a moment watching the sunset or, or a moment making mud pies or helping your grandmother bake cookies, something like that. Like these moments where you really felt your body, mind and spirit were all kind of engaged in the same place. And there was this sense of fierce presence and to just write those moments down, kind of bullet point those moments um, from childhood and find the themes and then try to on purpose create that in your life right now. That sense of in, in yoga, yogic philosophy, it's called bhava and it means feeling mind. So really create that magic in your life right now on purpose. If there was a lot of moments in nature, go into nature. If there was a lot of moments when you were creating something, create something. So, so you know, reclaim your bhava because that's where the magic begins. Oh, thank you so much. I am truly grateful that you made time in the midst of a yoga teacher training class <laughs> to take a break and, and speak with us today. You have uh, so, so much, so many rich resources to share, and I'm grateful that you are doing so. Mm, thank you, Shan. Yes, I'm never going to stop sharing. Thanks for listening to Transformation Goddess. If you're ready to heal your past and open your heart, I have a multimedia digital program for you. Visit sacredheartteachings.com to learn more about this supportive program.
You're invited to visit TransformationGoddess.com to receive Shan's enchanting four-part audio series for supportive practices to awaken your inner goddess.